1: www.thebiblelive.com Or mail your check for The Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218
3: Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert Shayla James What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes?
4: Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving
5: your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets.
3: Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535.
1: It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible, have fun, and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live
0: Scripture reading program, weeknights at 8.
4: Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself.
1: Hear a 15- to 20-minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then, on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. So people will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian Scout through the Book of Books, Sophie Dollar.
3: Notice that he said, Your Apache Indian Scout, not Your Apache Indian Guide. I've always insisted on that because we only have one guide in that, uh, in the scriptures, and that we hope and pray and trust is the Spirit of God Himself, who is out there and taking His Word, the scriptures, and He is. Uh, kind of whispering into your ear into your heart uh, that that meaning that you need to hear that message that you need to hear tonight let God speak to your heart through his word by his holy Spirit. He's our only guide now Jacob and I we can we're kind of scouts that's what I, I see our role as we've we've uh, read ahead we're just a tiny bit ahead of you we know what's coming we know the passages that we read this past week for sure. And we've prepared some questions we've kind of thought a little bit ahead of the curve uh so we we're just kind of like the the scout that goes out there ahead of you. we know what's coming, and we're here to kind of tell you what we've seen and heard out there and then leave you free then to let you, to discover to respond to the scriptures uh that we've read and to uh particularly we try to stir up your your interest and your uh involvement in the program tonight by asking and, you some and questions
2: tonight the spirit will be on. Six
3: thirty AM. That's right. I, I tell you the truth. I love Jack I just I, I was telling you before the program too. I finally have I've realized that the the book of Acts is so I just love it. I think it comes it goes right to the in so many ways to the white hot core of what our what our faith and our relationship with God is all about. It it has it all it, for from my perspective as, as a believer, as a follower of Yeshua, the Messiah, and as a as a grafted in Gentile into the people of Israel, and so on, and all of that, um, it, it just has it all, and it shows the tension. Uh, it shows so clearly the tension and the the, the conflict that existed uh, around Meshua. when 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 Jesus came and he did what he did, and it created it created a reaction. Uh, it, it create, and principally, what would you say? There were, what, three or four groups. There were, uh, obviously, Jesus himself is a Jew, and a Jewish man, purely, totally, entirely committed to Torah, committed to the scriptures, committed to all. He's a Jewish, committed, mature, solid, dedicated, devoted Jewish man of his era, of his time. Um, he appeals to. Yeah, I go farther than that.
2: I'll call him righteous.
3: A, a righteous, godly Jewish rabbi. He appeals to. Evidently, he because of John the Baptist, who went before him, uh, and, and and turned his. John the Baptist graciously and generously. Hi, I'm Jacob. <laughs> Hi, Jacob. <laughs> I just started the conversation with you, and I didn't uh, uh, see if we track t- track together of this. John the Baptist was uh, of his era he was a godly he was a, he was a, uh, a, a a priest he was a child of, of Le- Levitical heritage family uh, he built a very strong very broad-based ministry in Israel uh, and then he turned it all over to this to his second cousin Jesus. When Jesus came and presented Himself to begin His ministry, John the Baptist generously and graciously uh, uh, turned. It, it'd be like, like you know, some great evangelist that you know of uh, uh, saying, "Okay, uh, I'm going to turn all my ministry over to Soapy Dollar. You, everybody, you listen to me now. Don't send me any more money. Send all your money now and all your support and so on. I want you to." I want you to start following him. You know, I'm I'm in an amazing thing what John the Baptist did. I mean, if you put it in today's light, someone turning their ministry and and saying, "Okay, follow him." Even some of his disciples left off following he under his instruction, left off following him and went over and started following uh Jesus. It it was an amazing thing. So Jesus then his early disciples, his early followers, all of them uh-huh. were Jews. They weren't they weren't second-hand Jews. They weren't people living on the margins.
2: and Oh, I know that song. Not practicing. Second-hand Jews, second-hand clothes. <laughs> second-hand rose, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: But you can see what I mean. They,
2: in other words, it wasn't...
3: Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. You know, That wasn't the whole point of his coming, no. and his ministry. Uh, he was a Jewish man teaching to Jewish people, calling Jewish people to to seek God, to walk with their God, to go deeper in, deeper and higher in with God, to trust God. He he was calling for a spiritual awakening revival in Israel. Oh, I would
2: would agree with that
3: 100%. So so Jesus did that in his early ministry. It was all Jewish. It was, they were all Jews committed. And like I said, they weren't just Jews on the margin, non-practicing Jews who said, oh yeah, here's a guy we like. No, they were practicing Jews who love Torah, who love who believed. They, but they, they found, they saw something. That this, they didn't see, sense that separation. That this is something different. They, it wasn't. It was a completion and a, and a continuation of what they understood and believed. And now Messiah had come, and so they, they, they took that route. Somewhere in there, though, Jacob, somewhere in that period. After Jesus had had ascended, uh, Peter and John, and then later on, uh, and Stephen, and then and then the Apostle Paul or Saul converted and became the Apostle Paul. Somewhere in there, it this incredible transformation took place that it moved from being primarily. Jews reaching Jews and and with the exciting news of Messiah and forgiveness and a, a, of a, a you know the basis of, of a continuation of somehow in there something happened that it moved out in the first place it moved out to to Gentiles and and Gentiles began to be excited about the message uh, which was well, that shouldn't be. That shouldn't have bothered anybody Jewish, right? In no. in reality, no Jews have never excluded anybody, and they've always wanted to. I I I can imagine Jews through the centuries having having uh, conferences and having meetings to say, how can we get more Gentiles? How can we how can we reach the Gentile people with the message of of
2: uh, Jehovah and the Torah and, and you know the how can we? Well, Soapy, you're 100% right, and, and the laws of God are very, very clear. You cannot exclude somebody if they're not Jewish. That's not God's laws. But I will tell you this, and see, the, the, some of the historical factors people are not familiar with. At one time, under Constantine, et cetera, it was a death penalty if somebody converted to Judaism. It was a death penalty for the person that did the teaching, so it, it became a very good thing not to ever try to convert at one time yeah. believe it or not judaism was actually a rival to christianity numerically i'm talking about not spiritually and so but what happened is when it became a death penalty well people started rolling up the sidewalk and saying you know this is not such a good thing maybe we'll just keep it quiet and keep it to ourselves we're not looking to get killed
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah oh yeah and and that's part of what the now the book of acts doesn't reach in terms of its message in terms of the history, the period of history that it covers, it doesn't reach until the time of uh, Ah, Constantinople, and Uh and it doesn't reach to that era, but still you can see the beginnings of it, the tension that's building between this message Uh that came, and it was enthusiastically grasped and held by, in the first, by by believing Jewish men and women who sure. believed with all and they didn't stop being Jews uh-huh. well they st- they they believed with all of their hearts they were continuing on now, nobody wanted the messiah worse than the Jews exactly and there and there were some who who thought this is Jesus this is the messiah sure. and they they moved forward now they never saw themselves as separating from their beliefs are from, no. from their culture, from their religion. I, I think
2: it's a fair thing to say they never saw, saw themselves as separating.
3: And and the early Gentile conversions, what, I think, they. do you think they had, from what you look at in the uh, book of Acts, uh, did they have a sense that they were buying into the Jewish revelation a, and, its, and its latest manifestation I of Messiah? I would say,
2: from my perspective, the answer would be yes. Did they get it? I think so. <laughs> I, it seemed like that. I, I, let me give you two two quick senses on history. Uh huh. When the ba- we all know that the first temple was destroyed by the Babylonians, right? Yes. Okay. Second, by the Romans, right?
3: Yes. Okay. 70
2: now, A.D. Well, but they were both born destroyed. Uh, they both destroyed the first and second temple on the exact same day in history.
3: The first temple by the Babylonians in 586, that's, right?
2: That's correct. And
3: then in, in the Romans in 70 uh-huh. A.D.
2: Uh-huh. But they're both born, destroyed on the very same day because the Romans are smart people. They knew the day. They selected the Is day. Is that right? Okay. Yes. Now, here's the important thing. There were three laws under the Babylonians that could get a Jew the death penalty. One was having a Jewish calendar.
3: These Two, are the Babylonians now.
2: I'm, I'm talking Babylonians. uh uh-huh. One, having a Jewish calendar, two circumcising your children, three having the Torah. now, later on, when the Romans came in, they had a different type of setup. They could go ahead and they'd lie, but with the rebellions that came to being conquered by Rome, they implemented those rules too. So later on, the Romans had the same laws, no Jewish calendar, no circumcise of your children, no torah you could have the you could have the prophets and the writings, but not the Torah. Now the reason you can't have. And if you look in Luke, I believe it's chapter 6, He opened, it says he opens up the place and begins reading something from Isaiah.
3: This is Jesus when he returned to his hometown yes, of Nazareth. Oh, that's right, yes. And but they opened up but the scriptures you notice he and he reads the parsha, something from
2: the prophets.
3: He reads the Parsha from Isaiah, yes. yes.
2: And when I first read that, I Is said, that the right word, Parsha? Uh, yeah. Portion, uh, portion sure, or something no, like that? A portion in English, Parsha Hebrew, sure. And, but I, and I always wondered you got to give me a little bit of credit there, brother. Okay. I picked up on no, a deep same I'll give you a double credit, the same raise you gave me last week. <laughs> okay. uh, but anyway, the, the point is, yeah, I, when I first read it, I thought, no, why doesn't he read the Torah first? Because you always read the Torah first. Right. But see, if you know the history of that, it would have been a death penalty. He would have got everybody in the place killed by the Romans. So he read the prophets. Yes. Now, knowing those kind of things, well, the reason you can't circumcise your children, that distinguishes the Jew and it also places them under, at least they believe, a covenant. Uh, right? Exactly. And you can't have a Jewish calendar because if you have a Jewish calendar, you know when to keep the dates, the festivals, the appointed times that God gave. So And sure. you
3: realize how important those, what those yes. dates and those That's festivals right. so meant. So the
2: Romans made, were wanting yeah. to squash all that. Not initially they weren't that way, but eventually they became
3: It's that. like if, if something were to happen in America and there was an overthrow, uh, if there was a conquering uh, culture over ours i'm I'm assuming they'd do away with Christmas, with Thanksgiving, with mm-hmm. uh, National yeah, Day go. of Prayer, not, sure. with uh, Fourth of July would be they would they would try to either good, do away with them or yeah. you know punish anyone who celebrated them mm-hmm. or yeah. try to it's change good, them into something your, else.
2: Your analogy is good okay, so you've got all that going on so and many of the Jews, and I will tell you a little secret. One thing that always troubled me, because when I read certain things, I wonder, well, how is it that uh, Peter and Paul are referred to in the book of Acts of being uneducated guys? See, because here's the history.
3: Well, at least Peter, not Paul.
2: Well, that's right. I'm sorry, Paul. You're absolutely right. Paul was educated. But see, in the time of Jesus, Yeshua, they memorized, and they would teach their children to memorize the entire book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, yes. So they memorized it, and how they, they made up a little played game, it's called a dreidel. And they would teach the kids, so when the Romans come by and look and they say, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're playing a game. They have a little top there, and no, they're spinning They were the teaching and... the children to memorize the Torah. So all these guys knew the Torah. In fact, 72-plus percent of everything Jesus said is a direct quote from Deuteronomy.
3: I love that, I, I, and I think it's so important that we understand that. Well, that's what we're, we better, I guess, get into the program. Well, we started right into our discussion, uh, you, you, but you think? folks, welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Show. That's what we get into with this incredible, remarkable book of Acts, this this book of history that records those opening decades uh, of the of the movement that was set in place By the coming of John the Baptist and then Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, with his claim to be the Messiah, to carry out the redemptive and complete the redemptive plan of God in time and space by becoming, as John the Baptist called him, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, Fulfilling and completing the redemptive plan by giving his life to as a substitute, substitutionary atonement, and and, and opening the door then in in a graphic, clear way. It is what it gave rise to was this explosion first in jerusalem in in, in israel itself and this in exploding out across the roman empire and yet it, there there are political and religious and even economic factors cultural and social factors that were in place that made this era so incredibly exciting and so amazing and frankly it, uh, disappointing in, in so many ways. You I, know, I of, don't so think it was God's, God's plan.
2: Reasons, to, one of the reasons the Romans did not like Jews, they considered Christians just a sect of the Jews. They didn't distinguish it. We'll see that in the text tonight. We're going right. to get to it. And Because Peter says, I'm a Jew, but we all know he's a Christian. But they, he didn't see himself different. He saw himself as Jewish Christian. And didn't the Romans, at the beginning yeah. at least, allow
3: Christians to kind of exist under the... Umbrella of Judaism, but then increasingly it became clear that it wasn't so? No,
2: no. Let me tell you what the problem is. Is that they, the Jews, and the Christians, who the Romans considered simply a sect of the Jews, they didn't believe that Caesar was God. Right. They believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they didn't like that. They couldn't have that because Caesar had declared himself God. Uh In fact, at one time... Uh, the, the Caesar that was in power at that time had built a statue, a tall statue of himself, and placed it in the Jewish temple. This is before 70 A.D.
3: Wasn't that? Who, let me see. I think I know. Wasn't that the the really perverse, uh, immoral Caesar who had married his sister
2: or killed his sister? Uh, I, yeah, Caligula. Caligula. I was it Caligula? Uh, it was. Uh, I think that's correct.
3: They had a statue of himself placed and he, but, in so the... So
2: what you've got is. You've got actually a statue of him as God in there. So, and you'd have to have priests that would accept that. Well, this is why all the Levites were fired from the temple, because they didn't go along with it. So he hired and put in his own priest. That's how, that's how guys like Caiaphas got in, who's not a Levite. Anyway, so the point is, is that that's what's going on. And so their objection to the Jews, to the Christians was that they didn't accept Caesar as God. And I have the Roman laws that I have printed out and I will prove it.
3: Excellent. I'm glad you did that. But that's that, folks, we had kind of, just in our discussion here, set the, we have kind of described, to some degree at least, the tumultuous, chaotic, dangerous, cultural, sociological setting in which Jesus came into the world and this this transition the messiah came now we are told in scripture in galatians chapter 4 verse 4 we're told that in the right moment in the perfect moment of god's choosing in his sovereignty that messiah came it wasn't an accident he came when the time was complete in just the right time that messiah came so evidently all of this forms a part of the sovereign plan of god as he rolls out the redemptive plan to the human race, beyond the people of Israel, even to the, to the Gentile world. This is the first major explosion. Am I right in this, Jacob? I know that Judaism, the worship of, of, of Jehovah, the the Jews were not entirely uh, uh, disobedient to their calling and their vision to share the message of the one true God and to share the laws of God. They had exercised an remarkable influence through the centuries over Egypt, over uh, Aram. Remember uh, Hadad, who who David, King David, had a great influence Mm -hmm. over the King Hadad of of, uh, Aram. And then there's Nineveh. Remember the great revival that took place under John. I I know
2: a lady who uses the term uh, Israel as a uh, 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 visual aid nation. So I would like to use that picture, and I I will give you a prime example, one of the very first, and later on it states it word for word. When the mixed multitude, chapter 12 of Exodus, left Egypt, they were distinguished, Jews, mixed multitude.
3: And they went to Sinai.
2: Yes, uh, they go to Sinai. And then, when they go after that, by the time they reach Israel, you no longer hear of a mixed multitude. they have become part of the nation of Israel, and they are also in the tribes that they converted to so and when the land is apportioned, they may not have started out, maybe they're Greek they're still nationality, Greek or whatever they are but they are now also part of Israel and part of that tribe. So when the land assignments are given, there's no distinction to them. They're included 100% of the tribe with too. the assignment of the land. If, you, if if I converted, if I got in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I the guy brought me in, brought me into Ishakar, I am in the nation of Israel. I am a Greek, right. but I'm in the nation of Ishakar.
3: Clearly it was not ethnocentric. It was a faith-based Uh, identity and understanding. Uh, Uriah the Hittite and others, many uh, more by this Ruth. And why is the
2: Hittite Uriah still with David, one of his mighty men we know? Yes. And the reason is because he stopped believing in this God that required child sacrifice and he started accepting the idea that a God is a nice guy. He doesn't kill children for you to get into heaven. And when he stopped doing it, he was welcome to stay, though he's still a Hittite.
3: And, And that was a vision understood and accepted by the people of Israel, particularly those in the know, those who were committed to God and to the Torah, they understood that part of their function was to 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 stand up for the one true God, to share the good news of. Uh, that, that's why remember uh, Elijah and the the captain of the the general mm-hmm. over all of the armies of Ar- of Aram. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Na- Naaman was his name, his uh, name right? Yes, sir. Na- I, I, I and know he, talking he had a clear conversion there in the Hebrew Scriptures and in, in the Tanakh. Mm-hmm. And, and he converted and followed the one true and living God. And, and so we see Israel being true to that calling, but the, the, and at some level, and sometimes dramatically so, uh, when they went into Babylon, boy, they had a tremendous influence over over Nebuchadnezzar and later on over Darius uh, under the leadership of of uh, Daniel and the three Hebrew uh, young men they had a great great influence so this, the the idea of evangelization and reaching the world is not new to Jesus Yeshua and the New Testament no. that was part of the calling and the challenge of the people of Israel from the very beginning to be that kind of influence the world and share the, you know be salt and light and so on uh, but I think you would say with me that this explosion of, of faith and understanding of, of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and embracing of, of the redemptive plan of God, probably this was the greatest, broadest explosion uh, and more permanent explosion around the world, right? That that was set in place by,
2: I absolutely agree
3: with you. I mean, of course, it's still in place. It's still function, it's still gone on. But the price of it was, it seems like, to some degree, to me, kind of sadly, but maybe it's been part of the plan of God, too. The price of that was this schism, uh, between genuine, believing, uh, God loving, Jehovah loving Jewish men and women and, and these new Gentiles drafted in, and the, and the believing Jews who grasp and receive Yeshua openly and excitedly and enthusiastically, that that schism that we see opened up in the book of Acts, that kind
2: of, sadly, I... I it, and I, and when we go through some of the questions tonight, I would like to address something, and I, I've already told Jim, you, and you uh-huh. graciously allowed me to address it. Some of the things that's traditionally taught and read in the book of Acts is understood by the Christians. I would like that to explain what it means from a Jewish point of view.
3: And that's why we got you here. That's why we pay you those big, big bucks, Jacob.
2: Yes, I got Love card. you,
3: brother. We're, we'll get to all of that tonight, and we'll put some questions out there for you to answer from the Proverbs and from the book of Acts, chapters 4 through 16. So don't go away. We. We've kind of gotten started here revved up our engines got into discussion but we'll be sharing some questions 340-9585 that's our phone number we'll be right back
0: well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to where we had got our oil done before, it could take us two hours. The but service
1: was very friendly. You can really trust them.
0: They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't very expect nice. to receive that kind of service. And
1: their name is their game.
4: Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store.
1: And with 23 stores, there's an express lube near you. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning?
2: They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal
4: quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work.
1: I just love Rose Cleaners.
6: Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Roads Cleaners, serving
1: San Antonio for over 20 years.
2: Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, training director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615.
3: I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist,
2: pioneers
3: since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers, and whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist.
1: The days of just listening to your favorite radio station are over. Now you can be interactive with the KSLR app for your mobile device. Take part in daily and weekly polls. Email the station or use the talkback feature to leave us a recorded message and be the first to know about events and contests, all with one button on your mobile device. Download the app for free today at kslr.com. That's kslr.com. The May KSLR Ministry of the Month is Through the Bible with J. Vernon McGee. Heard weekday mornings at 6 a.m. and on demand anytime at kslr.com. Go to our Ministry of the Month page at kslr.com to learn more about Through the Bible. And May is Letter Writing Month at Through the Bible. For information on how you can reach out to them and let them know how much you appreciate hearing through the Bible, go to their website at ttb.org. J. Vernon McGee and Through the Bible, our May KSLR Ministry of the Month. live with Soapy Dollar
3: and we are back I am so eager to get into our program tonight and get into talking about these different passages let me throw out let me put out some questions for you I, I'm just going to go, Jacob, with the questions you already kind of have circled, if that's all right with you. Uh, well, yeah, I, I didn't do any psalms or uh, okay, well, psalms. We'll,
2: I didn't do any palms. <laughs> well,
3: I, I'll stay with uh, the Book of Acts here at the beginning. I'll, I'll figure out one of okay. the Okay, uh, I want in a to start
2: off with your last.
3: one. You like that last one? Well, I have a reason. Okay, I have a reason. We may, we may. Uh, if someone doesn't call and answer this question immediately, we might just go to a, make it part of okay. our discussion.
2: It'll be your last the, one, but I have a reason. It's the first time I've ever wanted okay. to do this. I cleared it with you. I want to start with your number 37. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter
3: 16, verse 37. What happened to Paul and Silas in Philippi? If you remember the story of Philippi, and I'll give you a little bit. Remember they got thrown in jail. They were on this mission journey. What happened to Paul and Silas? They were singing in the prison, you know, and so on. What it was illegal. It, it was actually. You know what illegal. song they were singing? Uh, I think it was uh, the old rugged cross. I've no, heard.
2: it was Jailhouse Rock. <laughs>
3: okay. They were singing about the Jailhouse Rock. Yeah. What happened to Paul and Silas in Philippi was illegal under the laws of that era. And Jacob is going to demonstrate that he actually actually has a copy of the Roman law of that time. I'm, I'm excited about that. And we're going to ask you, why was it illegal? What made, uh, what happened to Paul and Silas and Philippi? What made it illegal? And what? how did it break Roman law? That's Acts chapter 16,
2: verse 37. Uh, now, and, and number two is your number 15. See, I've okay. even got it written on the copy. I got it? it right here. What vision
3: was given three times to Peter... In the city of Joppa, and what did that vision mean? All right, you should know this. I know a lot of you know the answer to these. You know the scriptures. What vision did Peter receive? Uh, in fact, it was uh, it was at a. It seemed like it was at a f- siesta time after lunch or something. Uh, he he received this vision from God uh, three times, and the question is, what did it mean? It's found in Acts chapter ten, mm-hmm. verses eleven through 29
2: and I really would like somebody to do the, the one number uh, one no no six the first question we asked which was your 37 okay which is uh, why was it illegal what they did to uh-huh
3: Paul?
4: uh-huh
2: and then I'd like to go to the number two and then after that you're on your own because I and I also would like to get to why really why Ananias and Sapphira why they died.
3: Okay. And I've also Oh, brought, that's very good. Where is I, that?
2: Well, that one is... Um, uh,
3: here I go, right here. One couple, Ananias and Sapphira, or Sapphira, however you pronounce it, they sold... You remember the story. They sold property and gave an offering of some of the money, falsely claiming that they were giving all of the money, all of the proceeds of the sale of that property. Right. Our question to you is... What happened to them? And then perhaps if you'd like to discuss a little further, uh, why did it happen to them? I think it's something that Jacob is going to shed some I light have on. I
2: brought them. the Jewish law.
3: Okay, good. So what happened to that couple? They sold some property under the false pretense of giving all the money to the infant uh, follower, the infant church, or the new gathering of, of believers and followers of Yeshua, they gave they said they gave all of it but they were only giving a part of it and we want to know what happened to them and then maybe we could go further and say why why did it happen to them now then one other question in the book of acts this is an important question to me for our uh uh for believers uh, uh, christian believers tonight in the book of acts when it records people being filled with the holy spirit Now, all you gotta do is go through the book of Acts and record every incident every time it mentions that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and there are, there are a finite, there's six or eight different occasions you can find them. And, and you can see what are the different things that happened. What were the different phenomena that accompanied this experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And my question to you is, in every, sing- in every single case, there's one common result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. What is it? What is the most common result of being filled with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts? Look in, uh, I'll give you an example of that. It's found in chapter 4, verse 31. Chapter 4, verse 31. Now, if you want to look up the story of Ananias and Sapphira, you can go to chapter 5. Verses 3 through 11. So that's one, two, three, four questions out there from the book of Acts. Perfect. Let's go to our first caller of the evening. His name is Harold. We're glad to hear from you, Harold. Welcome. Soapy. You betcha. Are you all there? I can barely hear you. We're here. We're yelling at the top of our lungs.
5: Okay, that's good enough for
3: me. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so anyway,
5: yeah, you said something about Acts 5, um, Hananias and his wife, Ananias and Sapphira, yes yeah and they're discussing money and everything
3: they sold some property mm-hmm. and they gave an offering to the uh, the group that was forming the followers of Jesus and they gave an offering they falsely claimed that they were giving all of the money but as it turns out they had given only a part of it what happened to them as a result of that of that lie
5: so was the money the important thing is that what we're looking at
3: I can't uh, Jacob is going to give us a
5: a little oh, inside. Well, what do, you,
3: do you think the money was the important thing? Well, well
5: let me tell you. Like first, first tell
3: us what happened to them.
5: Well, you know, of course, the guy walked in and he said, yeah, this is all the money I have, and he died right there. How dare you lie to the Holy Spirit? and wow. then his wife Guys yeah. are waiting outside the door for you, Mrs. Uh, Ananias. And, and, then, and then
3: his wife comes in a little yeah. later and says the same thing, and she dies.
5: You know what I, I try to do? Because... That piece of scripture is used to, I guess, to discuss money and what's going to happen if we don't do our money right. But, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I mean, it, time, tragically,
3: I think it's kind of funny, but
5: it is. Uh, so what I try to do is I put myself back in that time period and I got this scripture where it says, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world yeah. against mighty powers in this dark world uh-huh. and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Yes. So now I'm thinking that's talking about someplace here on earth.
3: It's saying that our battle that's from the book of Ephesians, and it's it our battle is not against flesh and blood, just but there's a spiritual battle. All of these battle there they're spiritual at their bases. Well, their, at it's point. spiritual
5: things coming on these people that make them act maybe a certain way yeah, and right. want to deceive people. Uh-huh. So then I went to Isaiah forty five fifteen, and I believe I have an answer to what we're talking about more. It says, "Truly, O God of Israel, our Savior, you work in mysterious ways." And then I got that phrase from that man that called last week. Uh, week everything is everything. So I believe they're talking about the land of israel
1: and you know my wife and i was
5: reading that this morning Uh uh-huh how does she know this you know it's like there's nothing that woman does not know i'm trying to tell her something and she oh yes harold we're talking about israel you know? Who who are
3: you talking about now? What woman? My wife, now. Oh uh, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's only been forty years and she's <laughs> they're still ahead of us, aren't they? Yeah, way, way, way ahead. Oh, you finally caught up, huh?
5: Well I'm, you, I'm catching up.
3: I think you have put your finger on something that I, Jacob is going to share some things with us that the the real problem here was not the matter of the money. I, I agree with you. We kind of classically heard that why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? Uh and we think it because you gave only part of the money, and you really it's, you said you gave all of it, and I assume that's a, maybe a part of the deception. But Jacob agrees with you, Harold, and I think does I, that that this the root of this goes back to the land itself and how important the land was. In well,
5: the, may I know. say something? It's yeah, like sure. it's like um, if somebody sells a piece of land of Israel. I mean, they sell their piece, uh-huh. and they only give a portion of their land of the money of their land, they could possibly hypothetically sell that other piece maybe to an outsider. And then this goes on for generations and generations, and pretty soon there's no more Israel. Uh, um, yeah. Um There's just one more thing I wanted to say. I was noticing something about there was no more Torah, and there was only writings and prophets and writings, the only thing that people can and read, right, in the comments y'all made earlier?
3: Well, Jacob was saying that the Romans had made it illegal and punishable by death to read Torah. They could not read the first, five the first five books of Moses. They could read the prophets. And that's why, for example, he said in Luke chapter 6, when Jesus goes back to his hometown of Nazareth and he sits down and he reads, normally the Torah passage is written first, read first. But they couldn't do that, and so we see Jesus reading only the passage from Isaiah. Mm-hmm. But is it true, Jacob, that the devout Jews, that they just by the portion he read from Isaiah, they would recognize and know what the portion was, what the Torah portion exactly. was? Exactly,
2: every portion of the Torah. it's
3: pre-assigned, right?
2: Yes, it's pre-assigned exactly. So we know by reading a portion, if you know this kind of thing. What portion of the prophet lines up with what portion of the Torah? So the Jews standing in the audience would have known what portion he's referring to, except the Romans wouldn't. So even though they said, you can only read this. Now, it didn't start out that way. The Romans used to let them have it, but as rebellions went on, they cracked down. But, yes, uh, I know by what portion of the prophets I'm reading, because it is preassigned to each part of the Torah. So we know... By hearing that part of the Torah we're talking about, them, the Jews would know that, the Romans would know. Well,
3: sometimes in your discussion this evening, if you can, mm-hmm. can you tell us what Torah portion matched up with that passage from Isaiah? Uh,
2: you won't like it.
3: Well, I, I might like it. You don't know.
2: Uh, it was, it was Harold, he said, to...
3: I wouldn't like it. Wait, well, <laughs> That scares like me it. a little bit. <laughs>
5: Well, the reason I, I brought up the, portion, uh, the Prophets and Writings is because, you know, when I heard that on the radio, I, I remembered, I just barely learned uh, 10, 15 years ago what Prophets and Writings were. And it, what they are is the rest of the Hebrew scriptures or the Old Testament from Joshua to Malachi. And sometimes, you know, when you know when I tell my sister, ready, Prophets and Writings, and what, what is that? Yeah. I said, well, Betty, it's the rest of your Bible up to the New Testament.
4: <laughs>
5: and that is a, that is something that a lot of people do. Betty's my sister, by the way.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the, the prophets. Of course, you yeah. mentioned the prophets. And it's also uh, the poetic sections, the Proverbs, the Song of yeah. Solomon, the Psalms, the Book of Job is considered part of that section. And there's uh, other books of history, uh, the Kings, the Chronicles, the, you know, Samuel. Well, it's the whole so, thing from yeah. Joshua to Malachi. Except, it's the rest of the Tanakh, yeah.
5: Yeah, except in the Tanakh, it ends in Chronicles or one of those. But anyway, I'm hyper tonight for some reason. I guess I'm, I'm in a real good mood. <laughs> good. And you made me feel good last week, you know, when you said, well, Harold, don't give up and all that. Yeah. And I had a really good week and I'm looking forward to another one. So I'm going to hang up and well, listen to well, the rest the of the show if y'all want to. Good. good. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward.
3: I think Jacob's going to pontificate a bit for us here and share it with us some really, I, I thought it was really encouraging and, 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 yeah, I I learned a lot from it. So thanks for calling in. I okay. think you're already said on our list. Y'all you were
5: prospectors, right? Say what? Y'all
3: said that y'all were like a prospector. Is that yeah, we team? we were we were the we're the uh, we're not the guide, but we're the uh the uh we go out in front. We're the scouts.
5: The scouts. Kind that of going out in well, front. Well, I there. am I am six point three percent
2: Cherokee scout.
3: All right, good for you.
2: Okay, I'll let you go with that.
3: All right, brother. Take thanks care of you yourself. Bye-bye. All
2: right, Bye. all right. Let's go ahead and address it a bit, if we may. A well, however,
3: you may call anytime you'd want and interrupt him at 340-9585 yes, if you'd like to answer any of those and, and questions. And you get
2: prizes and you win prizes, yes. and well, they're you good hurry prizes. Before somebody calls, right, I want okay. you
3: to, absolutely. I want you to share this stuff. Right,
2: this, I think okay. it's great. Now, when you read it, if you don't know Jewish stuff and you don't know Jewish law, when you read it, sounds like that they didn't. It's all about money, but Harold's hundred percent right. It's about the land. Would you like to hear the law itself? I think I would. Okay. If anybody happens to have a Bible handy, they could actually turn to Leviticus chapter 25, and they could look at um, verse 14. Leviticus what? 25. Uh Uh-huh. Verse 14. Now, I'm going to read this. It'll seem somewhat confusing. I'll Uh read it in English, and then we'll clear it up real quick. Verse Leviticus twenty five fourteen this what's going on. This explains what happened to Sophia and Ananias. Ananias. Okay. Okay. If you make a sale, moreover, to a friend or you buy your friend's land from your friend's hand, you shall not wrong each other. So you can't wrong each other. Corresponding to the number of years of the Jubilee, you shall buy it from your friend. He is to sell to you according to the number of the years of crops. It, now, now,
3: now, explain that. Yeah, I'm it, going
2: to explain the whole thing, okay. but you've got to have the last two sentences to make it make sense. All right. 16, in proportion to the extent of the years, you shall increase its price. And in proportion to the fewness of the years, you shall diminish the price, for it is the number of crops he is selling you. 17, so you shall not wrong one another, but you shall fear your God, for I am the God, your Lord. Now, this is what this is. By the way, this year... You, would
3: you mind if I read that in this version?
2: No, why would I mind? The same
3: It says, when you make an agreement with your neighbor to buy or sell property, right. you must not take advantage of each other. When you buy land from your neighbor, the price you pay must be based on the number of years since the last jubilee. Okay. Year. And you're going to explain that to us. I right. am. And the seller must set the price by taking into account the number of years remaining until the next year of Jubilee. Uh-huh. And the more years until the next Jubilee, the higher the price, because that's the, the more years of fruitfulness and, and harvest that they'd be able to get from the land. Mm-hmm. So the higher the price. Uh, the fewer years, the lower the price. After all, the person selling the land is actually selling you a certain number of harvests from that land. Show your fear of God by not taking advantage of each other. I am the Lord your God. Is that a fairly good... I think of modern... that
2: it, it certainly is close enough. Sure. Okay. Now, here's what we're saying. Picture Ananias and Sapphira. Okay, here's what happens. It's not about the money. If I, The land of Jubilee is... today, This year is called a Shemitah. Shemitah in Hebrew means release. It's the year of release. This is the one out of seven years... In Israel, you always, the seventh year, you don't plant, you don't harvest, you let the land rest. Okay? Now, when you get seven shemitas, you come to what they're translating as the word Jubilee. In Hebrew, it's Yovel. 49 years plus one, the years, 50th year. And on the 50th year,
3: it's a year of Jubilee.
2: It's a year of Jubilee, but that's when all the land returns to its previous owner that was given to them originally by Moses and assigned by God.
3: So you don't really sell land, you
2: lease it in a way, right? You could, you, it's proper to think of it as a lease. Now, and if you look in uh, the Acts chapter 5, where it, saw, it talks about Ananias and Sapphira, they're talking about they sold a possession. The deeds in Israel call land a possession. How about that? They call it possession. So you don't own the land. God owns the land. Okay. All right. So.
3: I like that. That's kind of a Native American view. Uh, okay. Apache or Navajo okay. or whatever. The, the, nobody owns it. This is whatever. Yeah. All
2: right. It so so kind of resounds is, with that. Now, me. let's say. I'm going to make it real simple. Let's say I'm going to sell you uh, my piece of land for, I'm really leasing it, as you say. For a seed that's 50 years. Let's say I'm going to pay one thousand dollars per year. Okay, I give it to you and you pay me your fifty thousand dollars.
6: Uh huh.
2: That's one thousand for each year, because that's for the crops. Let's say. Uh huh. Now it's a little more technical, but I'm leaving the technical stuff if we got to get to it for later.
3: It's not every seven years the land reverts back to the original nope. owner. It's nope. every 50 years. That's right? correct. Okay. Uh-huh.
2: Okay. But we're going to sell it based on seven. Times seven shemitas or seven releases. I gotcha. Okay? okay. So now, let's say you kept the land for 25 years. You've used up 25 of the 50,000. And now, let's say that you come up with, uh, you won the lottery whatever. So now you want your lottery back or your la- the land. So you come back and say, look, there are 25 years left. I'm going to return to you your 25,000. I want my land now. And so I say, I have to, by God's law, I have to. Say, okay, oh, so the break.
3: person is obligated to sell it back to them, oh, or lease it back to them, yes. or whatever.
2: That's right. Uh-huh. Is that right? Huh. So and now and that still goes on today. So at any
3: time the original owner, if they can come up with the just amount, the right amount, uh-huh. at any time the
2: original owner can has the right to uh-huh. buy the land back. This is correct. Huh? And that is God's law. Now, so this is a commandment. That this is how you treat the land of Israel. It's a commandment, just like honor your mother and father. You shall have no other gods. It is a commandment. Now you're beginning to understand why the land of Israel is so important to Jews, not because. so, how land. did Ananias and Sapphira? How yes. did they break that? Aha. Uh-huh. well, it's because this is a commandment. So we've got that. Now let's say, and he says, it says in the way they've translated, it, of course, is that you held some money back. Aha. Uh-huh so let's say there's i'm just going to pick a figure say there's 10 years left on the lease and i and you came and said i'll give you 10,000 by god's law i'm supposed to let you have the land back for the 10,000 but let's say well i really don't want to let you have it back i'll tell you what i'll do i'll take the 10 but i want an extra 5 and so I have broken God's laws from Leviticus. I—it's not about the money; it's about the land, as Harold says.
3: So it's your insight, that's your sense that that's what they did. Oh, yes, they, they took advantage of someone for
2: more than the proportion was, as it says, <laughs> is in proportion to the extent of the years. You shall increase the price. And in portion to the fewness of the years, you shall diminish the price.
3: And they gave, they donated the correct amount, but they kept that portion that they had charged over.
2: Because, it's not Uh. about the money, because they sold, they broke God's laws, because they sold the land for more than what was paid, and and they should have only sold it for the exact number of years left. But they said, Well, we're not going to let you have it back unless you kick it made a little kicker here. So they kept that because they couldn't tell everybody, Peter and everybody, that I didn't follow God's laws. I made a little exifer. I let the owner of the land have his land back.
3: Well then look here in chapter five, Book of Acts, chapter five, Peter uh-huh. says to Ananias, uh-huh. Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Uh-huh. You lied to the Holy Spirit uh-huh, and you God. kept you uh-huh. kept some of the money for yourself. Yes. The property was yours to sell or not to sell all as right. you wished, and after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You were not lying to us, but to God. And yeah, there you go. and so, uh, you would understand then why, at least superficially, mm-hmm. us Gentiles reading that passage, we don't know all of this background that That's you're true. talking about, That's right, sure. and
2: we go, huh? They just. They, they would the just
3: lie about their offering. If you, you read it and you're not it.
2: familiar with it, as the Romans wouldn't be really familiar with Jewish law, let's say. They're familiar with Roman law, not Jewish law. But it, what they're doing is they're saying you did something against the commandments of God. You sold the land. You, it should only have been 1000 for the remaining years, if it's a 1000 per year. But you made him pay a little bit more, and you pocketed the money. You lied, not about the money, but about the land, because you should have not charge it. If you did, the proper remedy is is to return the balance. And you see what happened. Here's the real moral of the story. God says, if you lie about the land, then I will give you the land. I'll return you to the land from where you came. I'll give you six by six.
3: <laughs> yeah, the, your little, gravesite, your little oh, grave said,
2: plot, right? Now, uh, and, and here's the rest of the, some stuff that comes from Leviticus 25. It says, this Shall be holy to you, and you shall eat the crops of the field. And it says, When I, the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you come to the land which I give you, the land shall have a Sabbath to the Lord. So you're not just lying to men exactly what you read. You're not lying to us, Peter was saying. You lied to God. You broke one of the commandments. It's as serious as worshiping an idol. Well,
3: this, I love the insight there, and I think it really helps us all. But it also kind of highlights what I was saying: is that these believers, Peter and John, and and later we see about uh, uh, Stephen and these the early believers here, right there in Jerusalem, they are not; they don't see themselves as separated and divorced and. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Judaism, oh, right. their Jewish faith—they kept the. the they're, faiths- they're still, they're relating yeah. to the Torah. Yes. They're relating to Absolutely. the laws 100%, of God. Absolutely, one hundred percent. You're and, right. And now,
2: Soapy, in your version, twenty-five Leviticus twenty-three. Would you be kind enough to read that for the audience? Twenty-five Leviticus. Uh, yeah, back where we were at. Read in your version twenty-three. What what verse? I'm sorry. Twenty-five Leviticus verse twenty-three. Verse 23 says... Let's see how yours words this. The land
3: must never be sold on a permanent basis, Uh for the land belongs to me,
2: God says. Uh
3: You are only foreigners and tenant farmers working for me. (laughs) That's right.
2: The land of Israel belongs to God. With every purchase
3: of land, you Uh must grant the seller the right to buy it back. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty Uh and is forced to sell some family land, then a close relative should buy it back for him. If there is no close relative to buy back the land, but the person who sold it gets enough money to buy it back, you, like you said, he hits the lottery. Then he has the right to redeem the person
2: who sold it uh, to to redeem redeem it from the one who bought Amen. it. Amen. Now look okay. what it says. It says, "See in Israel." The land belongs to God. The deeds say, this is God's land. I'm possessing it. And he's saying, this is my land. Now, you understand why the land becomes so important to the Jews, even in Israel today. This is God's commandments. Now, and it says, it says in the version I'm reading from, it says this. It says, the land, moreover, shall not be permanently sold, for the land is mine. You are but aliens and sojourners with me you see this is God's
3: land. You know I have to confess Jacob, I and I've told you this before. I don't really have a close understanding of that idea of what the land actually itself represents. But I see that as you said many times Jesus Yeshua actually was in a sense purifying the land even during yes, his he, ministry. Was. he was
2: getting rid of the idol worship in the land. We'll be the right land.
3: back. 340-9585 hey, give us a call.
1: His desperate heart, they are a, light. a strong, sure
3: light. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: Sometimes I call out your name.
3: And we are back. This is The Bible Live quiz show. We've really had a great time talking about uh, Acts, uh, chapter, what was it, 23 there when we talked about Ananias mm. and Sapphira? And getting a sense of what is happening in the book of Acts, this clash of cultures, the, the, the sociological, cultural chaos that, 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 that existed in the land of Israel at that time with the Roman domination and the corruption in the Jewish, uh, religious system and the, the problems that they were having. And right in the middle of all of that comes Yeshua comes the claiming to be the Messiah and carrying fulfilling the prophecies of the hebrew scriptures and and it just creates this era this time that is so exciting and thrilling to see with difficulties and with struggles and challenges, but at the same time with this incredible potential as the message of the gospel uh Explodes out across the, the Roman Empire and thousands, even millions are swept into God's kingdom, into faith in Jehovah, into, and in, in faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It, it's just a remarkable time and, and I, I, I know Jacob is agreeing in what an incredible time it was. And so we're going to go now, I'm going to go and visit with, uh, let's bring Robert, the first of two Roberts up and on the line with us. And then we'll go to the second Robert. Robert one and then Robert two. Hi, Robert. Hi, am I Robert One? You are Robert One. <laughs> okay. uh, Glad to hear uh, from you. Hey,
4: I, I was at the uh, National Day of Prayer at the City Hall Steps.
3: Oh, good. Thank you, uh, Robert, for coming I thought it out. thought that was pretty special. It was. What did I enjoy every year, just that special time of prayer and the intercessors that show up there. There's some really great men and women who pray all year long, and I, I enjoy meeting with uh, Women's Neighborhood Prayer, and, and there's some other ministries that are really dedicated to prayer If someday we're going to see robert that these these intercessors these men and women who devote themselves to prayer not just devotional prayer that we all do but prayer warriors ministering in prayer and interceding for our city we're going to find out how what a blessing they are to our community to our 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 state you know i i really and i love the national day of prayer because it gives them a time to to kind of celebrate their, their, their ministry, you know, their calling to pray. But anyway, thanks for coming out. I, I hope you did enjoy it. And, uh, yeah. we'll be, that was year number 30. We've got another one under our belt.
4: <laughs> San Antonio is a very special place. Isn't it? Uh, what did you think of all the is, Israel flags out there and all the Hebrew roots believers and, and, uh, messianic believers who were yes,
3: there yes yes the, i saw the that. ladies
4: who blew the, the shofar so
3: far that we began the, the day the time of prayer with and, and did you notice that my wife noticed this first she said i there's something missing in you in, in know so we thought about it for second, even while we were standing up on the on the podium there and all of a sudden we both realized we missed our demonstrators every year there's always been demonstrators people who are there to yeah. To demonstrate against the day of prayer, and so uh, they didn't show up this year, and I kind of missed them. I think they may have all been converted by now.
4: <laughs> that's great. I, don't I, know, I was but... I was at this midrash uh, on Shabbat, and uh-huh. we we read the portion of Yikra, which is Leviticus 25 through 27, and I I, I made the, the comment that the year of release is L E A S E. It's a lease. Isn't that is, interesting? The land is leased. We are we are tenants, and then at at uh, Yobao Jubilee, we it is re released.
3: re-leased. <laughs> I like that. I have I didn't put that together. But how uh, did the people respond when you commented well, on that? Well,
4: the, the funny thing in the movement, which I call the Hebrew Roots Movement, a movement. The funny thing that's happening in the movement, and I think Yaakov can relate to it, is everybody's got an opinion. And when everybody's got an opinion, what I find, as I, as I go through this process and, and, and learn about it, I find there's a tendency that people aren't very good listeners. Uh, people are more talkers and less listeners. But it says in Proverbs that uh, the beginning of wisdom is you have to, list, you have to hear first yes. before you really weigh in and have an opinion.
3: Yes, I, I agree, and and I have noticed. I, well, I can't tell you what I've noticed <laughs> that we kind of have a we have a tendency to when someone shares something. I, the fact is, I even had a conversation with my children this last week, and I was desperately trying to tell them something that was deeply ingrained in their father's heart. Something that I felt so important that that God was actually had taught me, and I was so excited about sharing it with them. But they seemed only interested in listening to the point that they could con- t- contradict it. Uh, we're, huh. we're critics, you know. We're, we're listening to the point that we can show the weakness of it and share, oh, yeah, but, but you know, yeah, that's, but. That's not a good
4: sign, Soapy. No, it's I mean, not. I mean, Yaakov can relate to this because you have the four sons. You have the righteous son, and you have the the, the son who's too young, and you have... The son who's not very bright, and you have the son who's wicked, and sometimes the wicked one is the ones who are just kind of looking to say, "Hey, hey, why do you do that?"
3: Uh-huh. Instead
4: of saying, "Hey, hey, Father, why do we do that?"
3: Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But you so brought it, a it's it's good not point. Good for them
4: to be questioning like that.
3: Well, it's an important point you brought up. Is that it, it, f- to nurture that habit of listening and really, really responding. Uh, you know, Native American culture has a lot of. It's almost a little bit like the Asian cultures, is it, that we in America, our culture is we talk over each other, interrupting each other. Yes. But Native culture and, and even the Asian cultures, there's it's respectful that there be a little moment of silence after someone has said something, which indicates that well, I'm I mean I heard you and I'm thinking about what you said. Uh, you know, it's
4: wow. It's, I, I I leave moments of silence sometimes. Sometimes they interrupt. But one one last thing. It's the Mount St. Helens uh, anniversary, and I was just looking at the Native American uh, uh, meetings for that mountain. It was like the place of smoke or the the place of fire.
3: Up in Oregon, right?
4: But it's amazing how it it starts with the letter L. Both of them start with the letter L. But it's amazing how much the Native American languages so often seem to be very Hebraic.
6: Is that right? Huh.
4: Uh, yes.
3: Fascinating.
4: Uh, you all can go on the internet and see what the real name to Mount St. Helens is, and it, 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 there are a couple of names for it. Start starts with the letter L, and it almost sounds like Hebrew.
3: I'll be. I'll be. Then, now, anyway, what's... I'm going I'm to let
4: it, I'm going to let you go and okay. go on to your next, Robert.
3: Is that mountain? Is that mountain that you just mentioned? What do you call it? You, uh... Uh, St. Helens. Is that in, do you remember, recall if it's Oregon or Washington State? It's
4: in Washington State, but it's closer to Portland than Seattle. I see. But it's it happened in a Shemitah, and it happened in the time of the Omer, uh, the count of the 50.
3: During the 50 and, days, uh, yeah.
4: And another earthquake happened in Chile this year, also in Shemitah, also in the time of the Omer, I'll be uh, the, the count of 50.
3: Well thanks to what Jacob shared with me last week and with all of us about those fifty days and about the you know, the Pentecost and the Omer. I understood exactly what you're saying. So that's these, these volcanoes
4: are spectacular events from heaven because it's described that there will be smoke and fire and lightning and these these large volcanoes actually create lightning inside of them. There are pictures on the internet of it. Wow. So it it's it has something to do with with the Heavenly Father and and the the ages that ages that we're living in right now.
3: Robert, thanks for calling. That's uh, 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 it's very prov- provocative, very interesting. I can't wait to get to uh, on the Google and, and look up Mount Saint Helens and yeah, kind of get an insight. You, thank you, Robert. Thank you for calling. I want to run over and get Robert number two, if we can. Robert sure. number two, are you on the line with us?
6: Yes, sir. I'm Robert, really enjoying this conversation. Robert number uh, one barely- is.
3: Robert, it's number it's one, it's has set a high standard for you now, so come on through, Robert. Yes, sir,
6: yes, sir. Well, I just get, you know, Well, we're talking about eschatology and stuff like that, I would yes. like to put out one thing that, that Jesus said, because there's, there's a bunch of different eschatologies out there, you know, and, and whatnot, and, and I like to listen to everybody, sure. you know.
3: Eschatology, and, I, just, for, just, just for our other listeners, eschatology, we're talking about the last times, the end times yes. sort of messages.
6: Yes, sir. Okay. And there's a big movement now saying that the last days were, it meant the last days of Jerusalem, and then there's other people who say this, and I, I like to listen to everybody. I just uh-huh. don't like it when people say, they they shake their fist at me and say, I have to believe it this way. <laughs> it's, uh, well, kinda, a lot of kinda that going on
3: in there. Yeah.
6: Yeah. So, but I would like to point out one thing that Jesus said, he said, I believe it was Acts 1 or 2. Uh-huh. And, and uh, the disciples were there, and used and rose and everything. And they go, now will you restore the kingdom? And Jesus said, it hasn't been given to you to know the times, plural, and the times, season, that my Father has set, but go. So I would like to say there's going to be times, and there's going to be seasons, and I, don't believe, I believe now we're going to see uh, uh, many things. And one thing I, 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 the reason why I called in was because you mentioned the land that God owns the land. And I want to say the prophetic picture of the land has to do with us getting a hold of the inheritance that the Lord has left for us now since his, since his ascension. And his inheritance is at first says, I don't longer call you slaves, but I call you friends.
3: Oh, I love and, that. That, I love and I that call passage. you heirs.
6: So. It goes from a slave, you're working to earn, then all of a sudden, no, now you're, you're, you're uh, sons of adoptions and you're heirs. And in the Levitical, uh, among those who were in the Levitical law, if you adopted somebody, you could never forsake them. No matter what, you had to keep your word. And it's so strong that we are sons of adoption, not to ever be forsaken, yeah. that the Lord cannot break his word. He has adopted. If we have truly been adopted, he cannot cast us away. Yeah, and I, along with that,
3: an adopted son cannot be disinherited or disowned. Isn't that right, Jacob? In uh, uh, Jewish
6: law, uh, this is true. Okay. okay. Go ahead, Robert. Okay, oh, that's awesome. I, y'all can break in anytime you want to. So, <laughs> at, at, at any rate, uh, what, what I what and what I believe that the land represents now is the culmination of the Lord's return when he spoke of, and this is just what I feel Uh reading from the word, I'm not trying to make everyone else, you know, sway what I believe, but just what I've gotten out of the word is that they shall mourn for him. They pierce like a firstborn son. And if you read in that that part of the scripture, it says in that day, the nations shall come, but the Lord shall come and rescue the people there. And then then they shall believe. Now there are many Jews believing now, but I believe it's a, it's going to be the culmination, the the crescendo of the Lord's return. And if you look through Scripture, there's there's three things that that, uh, that stick out to me was that when in the New Testament, I'm going to go into the New Testament uh-huh. in, in Romans 11, where Paul said, "Look, if the casting away of the Jewish people meant salvation to the entire world." what will it mean when their full inclusion comes in? In other words, the remnant that's left over that's still alive, he goes, but life from the dead. And I truly believe that will be when the Lord shows up. And again, Jesus said, "I, I found a treasure. There's a man, he found a treasure. He left the treasure behind to go and to buy out the entire land. And after he had bought out the entire land, then he came back for that treasure. And I believe it's a prophetic statement. If those who were kind of listening to what he said, it's a prophetic end time statement of what he's doing. He he left the, the, the Jewish people that he had, he left it behind to go out and, and gather, go out to the world and purchase the whole world. And when he was done purchasing it, he's it, by what I'm reading by the scriptures, he comes back. And that's when they that's when they totally believe in and, and a long the last one I'll point out is when the story of Joseph, how he was uh, he was rejected most part by his brothers he was sold into slavery he was thought of as dead he but Joseph became the savior of the world at that known time yes so all to all the tribes that I, to, you know the the heathen whoever he became this because of what he knew the, the, his relationship with the Lord he saved them and then after he saved the whole world of that day then he came and sat down with his brothers and I believe it's all in oh. God's divine uh conspiracy. Robert, you uh, you, you will. really
3: encouraged me tonight. I, I I like that a lot. I'll I'll definitely take it seriously and, and search the scriptures and and remember that picture we have in in this marvelous individual named Joseph and yep. and, and that really uh seems to and it's to a, me.
6: it's a and it's throughout even in in the New Testament there's yep. things about how he go the the he go someone goes out and purchases the entire thing. And after he finishes purchasing the entire thing, he comes back for that one little thing, you know. Uh-huh, yes. And it's like it's a it's almost to me like a divine conspiracy, and and God knows what he's doing. And I'm very excited <laughs> to be living in these times.
3: I love you guys.
6: Thank, thank, you, thank, you, thank brother, you, brother. That
3: was so nice to call in and share that with us. That was I'm anxious to kind of hear Jacob.
2: Does that any of that yes. resonate with you? In oh, terms course. Of course, it's a beautiful. You, I thought you've mentioned something like that before. Yeah, in fact, it's clear that both our Roberts are pretty well familiar with a lot of Jewish teaching. Uh huh. Well, this passage, and
3: you in particular, have talked about this idea that 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 perhaps the time of the time of uh, the Jewish uh, people. Uh, my, part of that problem that we're, we're kind of highlighting as we look at the book of Acts, part of that problem that, that surfaced in this chaotic and tumultuous time of the book of Acts uh, uh, was the fact that historically, or at least uh, a fairly good number of, of Jewish folk got left behind, and there, there was a schism there. And, and you've talked to me sometimes that that may have been even part of the plan of God, that that. Because of that schism, millions of Gentiles have come into the into the relationship with God, into faith. And it, it, is that kind of what Robert was talking about? Yeah, day?
2: and I especially liked his analogy, which is uh, uh, a Jewish thought about Joseph setting down with his brothers in Egypt. And Joseph is, and I, I avoid the word foreshadow, of course, but it is a teaching.
3: Well, he is a Messianic figure, no doubt about it.
2: Well, he right. is a Messianic figure, and it's also a teaching of what we characteristic we should come to look for in the Messiah. Anyway, uh, well, let's go to. Yeah, I want to get I'd, to this. I'd really like to get to chapter ten of Acts.
3: I want to get to chapter ten, and I want to get to chapter sixteen. What happened to Paul and Silas and yes, Philippi? Exactly. So take the one that you want first. The uh, well, whatever. chapter ten was. Where is that? Well, uh, what was this vision that was given three yes, times to huh? Peter in Joppa? Is that it? Yes. Okay, tell us about this vision. I I, I know the answer to it. Uh, he saw this sheet coming down from heaven, and in this sheet held by the corners of the sheep, were all of the, this food uh, from animals that were not kosher. Well, and he's told to yeah. take and eat, right? Yes. And he's a little bit scandalized by that. You know, Lord, I can't do that. I can't. These are not kosher and so on. And, and so fill in the gaps for well, me. Complete of course, the it's and not
2: and talking about food at all. Okay. It's talking about people who are not part of the Jewish nation. And that's why it's a symbol. And one of the reasons people mistake this about food. Well,
3: it is talking about food huh? superficially.
2: It's a f- symbol.
3: Yeah, right, exactly. They're
2: talking about food as a symbol. And it can be so overpowering, you think, oh, well, this is about food, but it's really not. It's talking exactly. about coordinating in this house. Yeah. And, and we
3: know that because
2: of the, context of the context of the story. Well, the rest of the story goes on to say, hey, I just saw the symbol, Cornelius, and it's talking about you.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: So it does explain it's not about food.
3: It's about yeah. I'd like, relating to people outside uh, the Jewish and, faith. Yeah. And this is Gentiles.
2: A, this is a perfect uh, example. Now, I, I've heard this, and, I, I, and don't worry, Soapy, I'm not going to say any names. All right. But I've actually heard a guy on the radio, And I actually tried to contact him once and say, look, I think you're misunderstanding this. It was not well received. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, but he said the Jews didn't like other people. That's not true. In fact, and he uses chapter 10, uh, and if I may, in chapter 10, verse 22, they said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews. They, they said nice things about him. They didn't hate him. They didn't consider him a dog or a bad guy. Okay. Now what happened is, as we go on, if we get over to in chapter ten, verse twenty-eight, and that's part of the the verses you gave. You said eleven to twenty-nine. Uh-huh. Well, let's look, and I'm going to hopefully, and this is where the Roman law comes in. If would you like to read it in your version here, me to read oh, it. Oh,
3: uh, chapter chapter ten, 10
2: verse twenty-eight.
3: Oh, I'm still over there in Romans where Robert took me. Acts chapter 10. Okay. Do you want me to? Please. I'll get to it really quickly. 10 verse, uh, what verses?
2: 28.
3: Verse 28. Okay. Peter told them, You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me through that vision we just talked about, that I should no longer think of anyone as impure impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. And you are talking about the part where he says it is against our laws yes, for a Jewish man there to is, enter a Gentile there home. There is
2: not nor has there ever been a Jewish law that prohibits Jews from talking with Romans or anybody else. How That's about going mis- into wait, the wait, home? Wait, 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 wait. That's a misunderstanding. How about going into the home? Absolutely not. Okay, okay. So what we got here, and I'm going to show you something. Yeah. Look, in this version I'm looking at, it says, And he, Peter, said to them, You yourselves know how it's unlawful for a man who is uh, a Jew. Notice, we know Peter's a Christian. Uh But he's not saying, hey, a Christian. He's saying a Jew, because the Jews and the Christians were considered Jews by Rome. But look, he says, you yourselves know. Now, these people he's talking to are Romans. They're not Jews. Yeah,
3: he's talking to the family members and and the associates of of Cornelius. Let's
2: step back and read the verse. In verse 24, the following day, Peter came to Caesarea. Now, Cornelius was waiting for them. And he had called together his relatives and friends. They're Romans. And
3: Peter entered his home and uh-huh. is addressing them. Yes.
2: yes. And, he, and he, says, he says, don't worship me. I'm just a man. Now, this is fascinating. And he says, and he says you know, there is a law that uh, the law was a Roman law, not a Jewish law. The, here's the penalty, and this is the Roman law.
3: You've got it in front of you, right?
2: Here's the law.
3: Read the law to us. Are you got to read it in Latin, or are we going to have no, to?
2: No, no. Okay. Here's the idea. A Jew who ministers to a Roman citizen shall be put to death. A Roman who converts will not be put to death, but he shall lose his estate and all of his property. Now, that's the Roman laws. There's never been a Jewish law like that, and anybody that teaches that is misleading their congregation, frankly. Okay. Now, here's what it says. Um, And it says, uh, let me show you this verse. And it says, uh, I came, verse 29, I came without uh, raising an objection when I was sent for. And he said, because what's happening is this. He's walking into a gather, as verse 24 says, a gathering of Roman citizens, the relatives and friends of Cornelius. Gentiles. These are Romans, not just Gentiles. And... He knows Peter is saying, look, you've called for me. I came, but I will get killed for this. But I'm more concerned about you all because you're going to lose everything if you allow me to talk to you about Jesus and God and etc." He's giving them a heads up. Yes. And he says, you, and he, now let's go back and look at verse 28. And Peter said to them, you yourselves know how it's unlawful for a Jew. He's not talking about Jewish law. He's talking about Roman law. Okay. Now, it is, in mind, it says, you know it is against our laws, and we don't know who well, our laws... Refer- uh, our would be something placed upon the conquered nation of the Jews. Okay. Now, what they saying is, you yourselves, these are Romans. But there was know-
3: no Jewish law
6: about this.
2: No, no okay. none, none whatsoever. And so what he's saying is, you yourselves know the, this law. Well, they know the law because it is a Roman law. Yes. They would not know Jewish law. Now, you may say, well, they live around Jews. They learn something. Well, maybe they did. But that's not. He says, you yourselves know.
3: Well, I appreciate Peter giving them that heads up and yes, being honest, strong, honest and, and straightforward and, with them.
2: And he identifies himself as uh, a, Jew. a Jew, not just a Christian. Uh-huh. Now, and then he says, look, if I, what the Roman law is, it, there's a law that we, I'll be killed. Now, how does that tie into the first question I wanted to address tonight, which is, Year thirty-seven. It says, "What happened uh, to Paul and Silas and Philippi?"
3: Was said, illegal.
2: That was illegal. They were they were arrested and put in jail. Aha! Uh-huh. This is our our actual text proof from the Book of Acts.
3: Okay.
4: It's
2: sixteen thirty-seven. He had, they say, "Hey, you put us in here with a beating. You were not allowed to do this to a Roman citizen." You notice. Uh, Silas and Paul didn't say, hey, we're Jews. Because had they said that, there's no law against that. They could not do it to a Jew because you could do no physical harm. Even the Roman government could not do physical harm to a Roman citizen. You could do it to a conquered citizen, a Jew. So the Romans had a law for how they're dealt with and the Romans had imposed a law upon the Jews. And when I, I heard this taught just recently, as I said, I actually tried to contact the gentleman. <laughs> and I tried to explain to him he's got it wrong, but he had it in his mind that yeah. anytime you read something about Jews, it's always a bad Jew. <laughs> well, there's a lot of that going around. Listen to this in, in the book of Acts, chapter 16,
3: Paul replied. You have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison. We are Roman citizens. There you go. So now they want us to leave the, leave secretly? Yes. Certainly not. Let them come themselves and release us. Well, so right. they had them over that's a barrel, exactly right? That's
2: exactly right. Peter is telling them, I get killed, you lose everything. They can't do anything yeah. physical
3: to you. Remarkable, remarkable. Folks, the book of Acts, remarkable. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. So sorry that we're out of time. Join us next Sunday Bible night for our next program.
6: Bye-bye and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218.
0: Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Sophie every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Church. Show.